Hello, and welcome back to the Life Nurse podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about um, sort of the end of the year. Uh, the end of the year is coming up, so in December, uh, all the major auction houses have auctions that they host in New York City. So I'll go over um, the main ones, Sotheby's, Christie's, Phillips, um, and kind of speak through some of the lots that they have. There are also some uh, some watch releases that happened this year that I wanted to go over. Um, so um, that's sort of the plan for this podcast. We will start off with a collaboration that Arma Pige did, which was the, it was a um, Arma Pige Royal Oak Perpetual Calendar Open Work Cactus Jack LE. Arma Pige collaborated with famous rapper Travis Scott um, and created a piece um, that took inspiration from his record label Cactus Jack. The watch is a chocolate brown Royal Oak Perpetual Calendar that's limited to 200 pieces. The piece is um, a really beautiful perpetual calendar open work piece that obviously has garnered a lot of attention um, by collectors. I think a lot of people would say this is like the ultimate Arma Pige um, out there right now. There are some subtle details that make this collaboration quite interesting. The first being the typography on the dial. When you look at the dial, you can see that the um, font is, is the same font that is used by the Travis Scott's record label. They've also replaced the um, the Earth's Natural Satellite with the Cactus Jack emblematic smiley face with the mouth sewn shut. Um, what's also really cool is the typography of the complications are luminescent, including the, um, including the smiley faces from ca- the Cactus Jack um, sort of, uh, you know, motif. And I think that is also um, something that's uh, that sort of adds a, a pretty cool, um, pretty cool accent to this specific piece. Um, it's going to be available in AP boutiques. It's a really cool c- uh, collaboration. <clears throat> it's an interesting one because you know you have to think about the fact that you know people who are probably buying the open work, you know, do they like Travis Scott? Is that something that they're interested in? I would say so. <clears throat> Um, so that's that's quite cool. There was an event in New York City, which was also cool to see, and um, and uh, I think I, I do think that people will will buy these. They'll probably be gone pretty pretty soon. They probably have already got allocation, or they probably knew who were going to get allocations to these pieces. So, um, so uh, uh, anyway. Um, <clears throat> It's a it's a it's an interesting piece. It's going to be interesting going into the new year for Arma Pige to see if they decide to mix up sort of what they've been doing. Obviously, they've got a new CEO coming in, which we've covered on the on Life on the Wrist, and that will be an interesting turning point to see what what sort of the plan for Arma Pige is going forward. I will say that I'm I am personally feeling a little bit of Royal Oak fatigue. It seems like the watch that everybody's wearing, everybody's talking about the, and um, it's kind of getting. Uh, there's some fatigue that I'm feeling from this specific uh, model. Um, I was at a, I was at Christie's uh, this past week for an event, and I got to see one of the Code 1159s, and it was just I don't know in some ways refreshing to to see and handle and, and try on that piece um, with so many you know with the with the fatigue that I'm feeling from the Royal Oak, but. A cool collaboration and a, a really, I, I, I think, is a really good looking piece. 
I wanted to also um, speak briefly about <clears throat> a um, lineup of six pieces that were released from Vacheron Constantin at Dubai Watch Week, where Vacheron Constantin unveiled six new creations under the Maison Les Cabinetiers pro program, which is essentially Vacheron Constantin's long-standing tradition of crafting bespoke timepieces and releasing an annual uh, collection of truly exceptional one-of-a-kind creations. The the Le Cabinotier is where unique pieces are constructed for collectors and, you know, they work with Vachel Constant to create something extremely, um, extremely beautiful and, and personal. But they do do an annual collection of, um, of unique pieces um, that really take into consideration all the things that Vachel Constant is trying to do. Um, when it comes to creating exceptionally high quality pieces. So you're, you're getting <clears throat> unique pieces that are pushing the boundaries of the, of, the, uh, of the brand. The pieces that they released were really diverse in their, in their um, executions. Um, I'm not going to speak through each of them, but what I will do is um, Waco sat down with uh, Christian Selami, uh, uh, um, who is the style and heritage director of Vacheron Constantin, and, the, and they did a really great job speaking through each of the pieces. A lot of these pieces take inspiration from sort of architecture. So they have one that <clears throat> has um, a lot of inspiration taken from the, um, the sort of uh, buildings of New York City. And they speak really elegantly through each of those, each of the pieces. So I will leave a link in the show notes for you to, speak, to see them. Um, because if you want to know about fine watchmaking and a, a brand that's focused on fine watchmaking with their Le Cabinotier program, um, this is a perfect example of that. So there'll be a link in the, um, in the, uh, in the description of this, uh, I guess the show notes of this podcast. Um, if you would like to, um, if you would like to, to, to see that, uh, it's, uh, I think sometimes on YouTube, you can get a little bit of fatigue, um, with, with, uh, the things that you'd, you'd be watching. Um, and, uh, I think it was kind of refreshing to see something a little bit different, nice in-depth video that Wei did, um, and a big shout out to Revolution, uh, for, um, for, for, for that video. All right. So onto, um, onto the auction houses, I wanted to kind of, um, just give a brief overview of, of, um, of them and maybe pick out some of the pieces that I thought were quite interesting. Uh, Sotheby's has their important watches auction taking place on the 7th of December, starting at 10 AM Eastern New York time. Um, the catalog is quite, um, I think the catalog sums up the direction that Sotheby's is going. I think Sotheby's is a brand, is an, as an auction house is really coming to fruition with with uh, incredible pieces that they're sourcing, and um, I would say um, moving in the right direction um, with uh, with their with their auctions. There were some really uh, cool pieces that they have. They obviously have exhibitions if you'd like to go see them um, in person. They got a really nice fifteen eighteen. Are they've got my personal favorite is a fourteen sixty three Tassitoni that was uh, it's Tiffany signed, but what's really cool about this piece is it's kind of it's kind of um, the dial has aged this really beautiful brown color, and then there's also a little bit of oxidation on the bottom right 
side or bottom left side of the case. So that's one of my favorite, definitely one of my favorites. Um, but they have a lot of variety in their pieces. Um, they've got a crash, uh, which seems to be a big, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of popularity around them. They have a really great collection of um, 50 Fathoms, which I think is also kind of seeing a resurgence. Um, they've got a nice uh, spread of independence, a lot of um, FP Jorns, um, uh, a couple of MBNFs as well. There's a Perpetual, there's also a HM9, the Sapphire Vision Flow that they've got there. So um, some pretty cool pieces. I also really like the fact that they sourced a Louis Monet. They have um, a, a Louis Monet reference 105.50, um, which I thought was quite uh, quite a nice sort of different watch that you don't typically see at auction. As I mentioned, I think they've they've kind of moved in the right direction. They've sourced some really interesting pieces, um, and I think they've really focused on exceptional quality and really interesting interesting pieces that can make their catalog quite exciting to collectors and um that's for me i think what what gets me excited about um sotheby's for this um auction season so um it's going to be cool to see how they how they end up doing so that one is on december 7th christie's is hosting their important watches auction it starts on december 5th at uh, 10 a.m now to think about it, when this podcast comes out, um, they will be hosting their important watches auction. I had the opportunity to go to their luxury design um, opening reception, and um, if I'm completely honest, I was kind of underwhelmed with their catalog of watches for New York. I think they've had some interesting pieces in Hong Kong, they had some interesting pieces, and I think in Geneva they had some interesting pieces, but... Um, not to say that the, the, the catalog, the catalog's great, but it wasn't something that sort of spoke to me really heavily. They do have an MBNF LM2 that it was nice to see. They have a pretty cool reference 8171 uh, Rolex that I thought was quite nice, but um, I felt like it was missing something for me. Um, and, uh, oh, I will say there was one piece that I thought was really, really cool. It was an IWC in pink gold. Um, let me get the reference for you. It's Lost 62, uh, reference 383. What's really cool about this piece is uh, two things. The first thing is it's from 1953 and has this really beautiful cloisonne uh, enamel uh, dial that is a very rare thing to find in in watches just in general, but also from um, from a from IWC. But the the reason why this watch was so cool to me is the case. So if you know, uh, we had, we covered an IWC uh, time-only piece with a calibrated nine movement in it, and it had this really beautiful, um, beautiful 36 millimeter um, rose gold case with these beautiful um, Bombay twisted lugs. And it was so cool to, it was such a cool design and such, an, such a unique uh, case. And I got a lot of a lot of people reaching out to me about this. I still have people reaching out to me about this this specific piece. What's cool is that case, it looks like is the same exact case that is that was used in this IWC that's being auctioned. So it was really cool to kind of see that case, see the closing enamel dial, but also know like kind of, you know, I think you kind of being able to um, wear and touch and feel and, and, and examine, you know, the, the time-only piece that I had, I kind of probably knew what that piece would f feel like on the 
on the wrist and it was a it's an absolutely phenomenal piece that was one of the i think that was the really the lot that spoke to me the most but they do have a, a wonderful um collection of some nice patek philippes they've got a really cool 570 with a pink dial that was quite nice um they've got a, a really nice uh, uh cartier you know long cartier they've got a really nice pocket watch um as well so some interesting pieces um i think they're they're one of the you know most spoken about lots was uh it was a uh uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was, uh, I think it's lot 88. I want to make sure I get this correct. But one of their lots uh, was the property of Andy Warhol. I want to tell you the wrong reference here. So let me make sure I give you the right information. But um, as many people know, Andy Warhol was a very big collector. Um, some of his pieces have come up for auction. Um, it was quite interesting, the Significant um, Watches podcast, uh, <laughs> they they kind of said that um, the, uh, you know, Andy Warhol is a collector, he, he, he really built a, an exceptional collection of pieces. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the pieces are, are legendary, the, the, the ones that he has, he has purchased and owned. Uh, the watch that Christie's has at auction is a 3448 uh, perpetual calendar from, from Patek Philippe um, and was the property of Andy Warhol. But um, what was quite interesting, what was said on the Significant Watches podcast, was um, that he was a collector in mass and maybe not condition. That's a subjective statement. You know, maybe um, the condition of this 3448 is, um, is at the level that you would want it. And... I'm sure that that's, um, that could be the case. So check it out. It's a really nice piece regardless, but um, something just to know. All right. Uh, and so lastly, we will discuss um, Philips. So Philips has, um, has their uh, New York Watch Auction 9 taking place, from the 9th and, taking place on the 9th and 10th of uh, December. So over the weekend, they um, curated an interesting collection of vintage and modern pieces, everything from independence to um, sort of larger larger groups. There were some nice pieces that they curated. There was a, a really important George Daniels Millennium that's coming up. There's um, some nice independence, I think uh, quite a few FB joins as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how an indies do, I think, over this auction season. There might be some fatigue on, on independent brands, I think, maybe, but we'll have to see what um, what happens. The um, the uh, the catalog, like I said, has a nice variety of modern and vintage, um, pretty heavily, you know, on on many of the brands that you can think of, Patek Philippe, F. P. Jorn being being some pretty heavy hitters, but they've also got some really cool pieces, like Lot Forty Four is a reference ninety six from Patek Philippe, and you can bet that it's going to be of um, really uh, extreme quality. They also have a really cool coin watch, Modern Pige, some some pocket watches from Patek Philippe, um, so. There's some really nice variety. They've got the Maxi Oval Cartierma Pige piece as well, which I think is quite nice. I feel like every um, every uh, auction, there has to be some sort of Tastitondi. There's a Tastitondi 1463 signed uh, by Serpico, which is, um, uh, you know, obviously the Tastitondi is really desired. Those double signed ones are also really great. 
Uh, one of my favorite pieces is actually a 4178 from Vacheron Constantin. It's in pink gold and the dial has really aged this beautiful sort of toasted brown color. There is some, what it looks like oxidation spots. Um, I'm not sure if it's oxidation. I would have to sort of inquire about that, but a really nice piece from 1943 that I like a lot. It's lot 62. So I think the, the catalog's quite interesting. I think one of the most controversial ones though, and it will be interesting to see what it actually sells for is a Casio. It's, it's lot number 79 being offered with no reserve. And it was, it's a Casio G-Shock uh, GD001 um, that is being, I think it, from, from what I know, AI basically produced this G-Shock, designed this G-Shock. And um, I think collectors have their opinions about this piece. Um, the proceeds will go to benefit the nature, the nature uh, conservancy. So there is that sort of angle to it. We'll have to see what it ends up going for. But uh, I'll just personally say I probably won't be bidding on it myself. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, there's some nice independence. There's an HMA, HM8 from MBNF that obviously I will be tracking because, you know, love the brand. So um, really nice variety. And I think that's that's um, that's something that Philips always does really well. Of course, the quality of these pieces are also um, extremely high. What's really interesting is that MBNF has been showing up a lot more in these auctions for New York. So as I mentioned, there's an HM8. They also have a legacy machine number two in, um, in uh, yellow gold. They also have a uh, HM4 um, that's being sold. So quite interesting to me um, that there's more and more of this uh, coming up, uh, more and more of MBNF sort of showing up in the auction world. The last piece that I want to talk about is a piece that really spoke to me very, very heavily. It's a reference 1526 from 1947. The main reason is the case. The case has this incredible sort of red um, red oxidation that's happened to it. Um, I posted it on our Instagram, on Life and Nurse Instagram, so you probably saw the post there, but a really nice piece. And, um, and uh, uh, again, just speaks to me as a collector. So I hope you guys enjoy watching these auctions. It will be nice to see how these pieces do. And, um, you know, wrapping up the year, which is, I think this will be kind of like a nice way to wrap up uh, 2023 for many of us as we go into the holiday season, but also as we close out our watch, make, our watch collecting, watch enthusiasm journeys from the last year. It'll probably be telling with a lot of the trends for these pieces as well. So that's always a great time reason to make sure that you tune in or at least take a look at how the results um, pan out for these auctions. As I mentioned, there will be links in the uh, show notes of this podcast to all the things we spoke about as always. If you are new to this podcast, be sure to follow us so you were the first one so you don't miss out on any future episodes that we uh, we post. We'll probably have a couple more, um, a couple more episodes to close out the year, um, but we are getting to that time where the holidays are rolling around, so we'll have to see what happens. If you uh, wouldn't mind rating this podcast, it really does help me out. And if you have some feedback or want to talk about watches, be sure to message us on our website, lifefromtherest.com, or you can message us on Instagram. We're always available to talk about watches. With that said, guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast, and until next time.